Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. weekly hour to ask me anything. This is a time I love to give back. I love to interact with you, the audience. I love to give shout outs where appropriate. So come join me. Let's have some fun. Like, subscribe, Uh, you know, leave a comment. Let's see what's going on. So a couple of things to call out first and foremost is I did a very important video this morning or live stream this morning at seven, highlighting that we have started our third real estate crash in the last 40 years. This real estate crash means that investors need to step up. We need to, you know, add more tools to our toolbox, including myself. We need to hunt in different areas. We need to write better deals. We need to look at different parts of the market. Uh, The real estate crash is here. It has already started. Uh, And as that video highlighted, will likely be multiple years in the journey. I highlighted data from 1979 to 82 that shows existing home sales fell 48%, new construction fell 42. 2005 to 2010, the second crash, new home sales fell 75%. Existing home sales fell 41%. So if we look at where we started in 2021, existing or new home sales, at 767,000, they could crash all the way to 318 by the time this is done. Existing home sales at 6.1 million could crash all the way to $3.4 million. All the data is in there. All the data is in the spreadsheet. Again, I believe we have started the third crash and investors need to be excited. You need to do the work. Where, Where I'm talking about crash, every time I say the word crash or bubble, I want my followers, subscribers, and viewers to get excited. Unlike all the other crash videos, and now I have watched 50 or 60 of them, all the other crash videos seem to be intended to make you afraid. I want you, every time you see a crash video, to get excited because your competition is going down, down, down. Your competition from owner occupants who could outpay you and get cheaper rates going down, down, down. You and I are going to have a much, much, much easier time finding motivated sellers. I have found motivated sellers only a few times, but when they are around, deals can be made. Warren Buffett has told you the best time to make money is when people are afraid. Well, I have bad news for you. People get afraid in a crash. So you can either be afraid or you can do the work. How to get started one rental at a time, the $320 cheap course I have, is going to give you confidence, repetition. It is going to change your life if you do the work. I can't do it for you, nor will I do it for you. 
I gave you step one of the course in a 65 minute video that three of my students were gracious enough to give their spreadsheets, their buy boxes and show you how it has changed their lives. It's there. It's on my, I think it's in this playlist, the live playlist. If you're going to watch crass videos, roll up in a ball and stay on your couch. I'm not your guy. If you hear a crash video and get excited, let's roll. Let's go. So I am so happy for what is coming. It, um, it's going to be easier to find opportunities, and that's what we are all about. We are not doing good deals. Good deals was very much 2020, 21. 2022, and until further notice, we are only doing great deals. We are only writing great offers. We are okay being told no. I will not write an offer at list price. I will give two offers each and every time. It will be a cash offer and a terms offer. I am going to fish. I'm going to change my bait. And I'm going to find those motivated sellers in my market. I suggest you do the same. All right, let's say hi to everybody and uh, answer any questions. Remember, this is your hour. Uh, if you don't ask any questions, uh, I could either ramble for a while or may just end the video early. But remember, this is for you. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? Uh, you ready for your close-up? Hey, guys. Happy, come here. Jeffrey, this is for you. This is Happy. She is a very cute blonde Shih Tzu. I never saw a Shih Tzu this color. Hi, how are you? All right, go back to sleep. And then Sonny, I showed him earlier. He's too far away to grab, but he may come to me later in the show. JC, how you doing? Nathan, how are you? Better Homes, how are you? Catherine, good morning. Um, Kisiko, good morning. Rolden, good morning. How are you? BDC, how are you? Mandy, good morning. Uh, Sean, think we will experience stagflation. Yes, I did a whiteboard explanation about 2022 and 2023. I did this about two months ago. And I think so far, it's early, but so far it is, uh, I nailed everything. Unemployment went down slightly. Um, growth has been weak. Uh, I think we, it, the, the long answer, Sean, is, I stand by my call that 2022, this year, we are in stagflation, and next year will be a recession. Uh, U.S., I think China's in one. I think Europe's in one. Uh, but the U.S., I believe we have enough forward momentum. We have enough YOLO uh, consumers live in one last blowout summer. We have wage inflation still at 5.2%. We have unemployment at 3.6%. Uh, I think we have enough forward momentum that we do not have a recession this year. But yes, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think we're in stag. I mean, how, how could we not be in stagflation? 8% inflation, growth below 2%. That is kind of like the classic definition of stagflation. So I would, I would argue we are in it right now. Economists, at least the ones that you know by name, will not make the call until the rearview mirror. Economists never look forward. They only look backward. That is what has annoyed me about the prof uh, profession. I believe economists can synthesize a lot of data and make predictions, but they don't. I don't know what, I don't, I guess they don't want to be weathermen and, or weather people or whatever, because they're always wrong, but take your shot. That's why one of the things you will see I do almost every day is I don't give a rat's ass about yesterday. I'm making decisions about tomorrow. So that's why I'm always talking about the future and why it's fun to be right. And sometimes it's embarrassing to be wrong. So yeah, 
uh, I wish economists would do more predictions versus looking backwards. It drives me crazy. Uh, Layla, good morning. Mr. Kilroy, you're not, you're, no, not happening. No, no, no. Okay. All right. Uh, I think it's here. I think it's happening already, but let's, let's see. Uh, Prasanna, good morning. Ben, good morning. The, uh, the Riley Oak, good morning. Joe, good morning. Uh, Palvi, good morning. Single family or apartments? How big? Ooh, there's a good question. Uh, for me, again, this is kind of structural. I believe that multifamily, and again, multifamily, what I'm talking about here is five units and above. I believe multifamily, five units and above, has, for whatever reason, repeated the same mistakes of 2008. I have seen some unhealthy lending in multifamily. One-year interest-only bridge debt where you have to get out of it in 12 months. Are you freaking kidding me? I have seen unrealistic expectations of rent growth, 5% for three or four years in a row. I don't think that happens. Unrealistic expectations around expenses and taxes and all of this. So I think multifamily is in for a world of pain, but it will be delayed until next year. Uh, that is my opinion. I think it starts next year and gets ugly. So for me, it's all about residential four units and below. I want 30-year debt. I don't care if 30-year debt is six, seven, eight, nine percent I will write good deals based on my debt structure. And I'm going to get residential. And then in a year, in two, in three, I will repeat step one of my book or maybe step two. I will 1031 out of houses, out of fourplexes, into apartments, larger stuff. The largest I own to date or have ever owned is 20 units. Uh, I might go as big as 40 or 50, uh, but that's kind of where my comfort is. Um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't see myself owning anything much bigger than that. But for me today, it's all re residential and uh, commercial is around the corner, kind of my opinion. Basilio, good morning. Fabian, good morning. Kent, good morning. Indy, hi, how are you? Chester, good morning. All right, a question. Catherine. If we bought our owner Auk house just six months ago at the top of the market, would it be better to sell now and rent, wait out the market and buy in a few years? Um, don't, I mean, there's so much in that question, Catherine. I have no idea. I'm going to assume you have a remarkable interest rate. Uh, if you're going to live in your home for 10 years, it doesn't matter. Um, home ownership is awesome. If you're nervous about your job or something else is underneath that question. I don't, I don't see... I've known people to try to time the market with their home. It generally doesn't work out. You know, you say you say you buy at the top of the market. I don't think you 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 bought at a decent time six months ago. So you bought when rates were, I don't know, in the threes. Your payments got to be nothing, right? Comparatively speaking. So I believe in payments, not price. Uh, I would assume your prices are up wherever you are. And again, I have no idea. But your payment would be way up. You know, by the way, what's the hardest thing to find today? A good rental. So I don't know if you have other situations or other variables, Catherine, like maybe you or your husband or you and your significant other lost your job or something else is buried in that question. But assuming you have a great 30-year fixed rate loan, why would you sell? I don't get it. I don't get it. But maybe there's other factors that I don't know. Tamika, good morning. How are you? John from Texas, good morning. 
rolled in. Rolled in. We are entering a time where we no longer need to be desperate to lock a great deal. Absolutely. There are times where you need to keep it cool and listen to what the seller really needs. I There's so much wisdom in that. Again, I'm being very clear. I've become comfortable talking about a housing crash because I changed my business. I changed what I was doing as a buyer, and it's because of the housing crash. I believe this housing crash and transactions will be a destruction of buyers and a destruction of sellers. So as a buyer, I get to start naming the price and the terms. I get to listen. I don't need to do every deal. I need to do two or three deals. I do not need my market to fall 75% in price. I would love it if it did. That would be awesome. I don't think it will. Oh boy, but if it did, that'd be really cool. Uh, but again, when buyers disappear, inventory builds up, days on market builds up. When my team markets to sellers with lots of equity, I get to call my shots. And oh, by the way, when I get to learn a new skill called pre-foreclosures, which we just added to the course like on Thursday from Ty. Shout out, Ty. Thank you for that. Um, you need to skill up. You need to do the work. You need to work harder today because the deals will be better. I'm, I, I hope everybody is listening. We are not doing any good deals this year. We are only doing great deals, not good deals. Um, good deals went out the window. The market's different. Only great deals. I think that's important. Yeah, the better we listen, the more creative. Yeah, I got to tell you, terms are magical. We've had terms in our course for a long time. We had Bob Langwer, the CPA, walk you through how to pitch him, how to tell the story. Um, it's there. Now we have uh, we had Ryan Nickel do creative financing. We've got uh, Ty doing pre-foreclosures. Man, it's all this bonus stuff, which we give away for free, is so awesome. So, yeah, I think um, I am I am every offer I write, I'm going to write two offers, one cash one with terms. You know, if you don't know how to do that, buy the course, do the work. Um, I don't care if it's on market or off market. Everybody gets two offers, a cash number and a terms number. Yeah. What are your thoughts on some of the uh, retailers forecasting reduced prices due to oversupply of inventory? Sean, I called this. Uh, if you, I think you've been on the channel quite a while. I said this was coming last year. I suggested we move Christmas. I said, let's move Christmas to July, June or July. So A, I saw this coming. You can't triple order, then not get anything and not eventually have an inventory problem. The fact that a lot of retailers like Target and Walmart didn't see this coming is mind boggling. I brought it to you six months ago that we should move Christmas. So A, uh, they're going to have to blow things out. We may have slight deflation in a few odds and ends like clothing. I think closing, clothing could be deflationary. Uh, but we have so much other inflation that Friday's number is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, so what do I think about it? All I got to say is nailed it. I told you we should move um, Christmas to June or July. So very predictable. Saw it coming. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Inca, what are your thoughts on townhome investing? Uh, in general, I mean, there's always exceptions. Uh, I don't like HOAs for lots of reasons. First of all, the rules. Uh, but most of all, as an investor, I don't like the fact that uh, HOA fees can go up every year. It's kind of like taxes in Texas. They get reset every year and they only go one direction. 
so I'm not a big fan. I think a lot of people look at townhomes because they're cheap, uh, but not realizing their cash flow is going to be weak and it will be eaten away by HOA fees. Uh, that said, I do own one townhome in my rental portfolio. I bought it for cash and I treat the HOA like a mortgage I will never pay off. Um, so I can't be, you know, if you get it cheap enough, sure, it could work. But I think there's a lot of people looking at townhomes because they're cheap, not realizing that HOA is a yearly fee that could really dent cash flow in two or three years. Kent's, I have a tenant that signed a lease deposit first month rent, move in, walk through on June 1. Then yesterday she emailed me a list of items she didn't like about the property, minor stuff. Okay. Now she wants to terminate the lease and get her money back. I can legally take her first month's rent, right? I am not an attorney. I do not pretend to be an attorney. Um, I have a, a landlord attorney out there in Fresno uh, that does California law. I would ask him. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, uh, first off, first off, I think they're doing you a favor. Uh, I don't know that I would want a tenant that, that that's that picky. Let them go. Uh, what would I do probably? Well, I would certainly take four days of rent. I would, I would definitely take four days of rent, right? You basically took it off the market from June 1st to June 4th. So I believe, and again, you got to check with an attorney. I would certainly take four days of rent. Uh, I don't think, I don't, I mean, why bother? I mean, why do you want to do that? Let her take it, get your four days of rent, put it back on the market. I mean, frankly, they're doing you a favor. If, if they're going to, if they're going to be that kind of a problem, why do you want them? Why do you, why do you want to create that negative, negative energy? So what would I do? I'd take the four days, let them go. Is it legal? No idea. Uh, as far as the deposit, no idea. Ask, ask an attorney. I don't think that sets the right. I mean, karma's a bitch, man. I don't think I would want to, even if it's, if it's legal, I wouldn't be in a rush to take their deposit. Let them go. Let them be some other landlord's problem. That's my opinion. Uh, hey, Court. Yeah, everything's great, man. Every day Saturday, especially on Saturday. I, uh, yeah, no complaints. Court, I know it might be hard to answer this, but what is your outlook on the housing market in the next two years? Uh, it's not hard to answer. I believe we have started a housing crash in transactions. I believe the front end of the buyer curve is destroyed. I think the Fed broke housing. I think high-priced markets are in particular trouble uh, because I think we're about to see a wave of layoffs in places like the Silicon Valley and the like. Uh, so I think the housing market is broken. And I, I, as an investor, that excites me. I love a broken housing market because I can, I can find and work with motivated sellers. I can find and do terms. I can find my... My buyers or my competitors, I should say, my competitors are nervous and scared and they are going to see two years of negative headlines. I mean what I'm about to say. Every negative headline I see, I know that 2% of my competitors run away. So keep the negative headlines coming. Uh, everyone makes me more and more excited. Folks, I've been doing this 22 years. I was buying at the depths of the recession in 2010 because all the buyers had had two, three years of negative information. How low do you think housing could go? I bought a house in the Tower District of Fresno for 28 freaking grand. I mean, what do you guys, what, was it going to go negative? I mean, crazy. 
But that's how the consumer is. They see a negative headline and another one and another one and another one and another one. And they run away. I'm like, yeah, time's going to get good. I'm going to buy with 10% down, do a 50, 40, 10, and I'm going to deploy my capital across 20 units instead of 10 units. I'm ecstatic by what's going on. So the housing market is broken. The first time home buyer is broken. Uh, affordability is crashing. I think banks are going to get nervous. So go get your relationship with a non-QM lender. I am so excited by the housing crash. This is the third housing crash in 40 years. Housing crashes are where you make opportunity. The first crash was 1979 to 1982, a la Robert Allen, Carlton Sheets, creative financing. It is going to be awesome. Do the work, do the work, do the work. This is not a time to sit on the couch and watch guys play with charts in their mom's basement. Guys who play in their mom's basement with charts are trying to scare you. I want to motivate you. I want all this negativity to be positive energy to change your family's future. Buy assets on sale. Buy assets on sale with terms and explode your yield. Get after it. That's what I think. Uh, JT, what's up? How are you? Lumberjack here. Morning, all. Hit that like button. Yeah, come on. 139 people watching, 41 uh, likes. Thanks, Lumberjack. Hey, Theo, how are you? Should we ignore or consider short sales or pre-foreclosures? Jeffrey with the fire questions this morning. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, I believe, again, I've said it before, but I'll keep saying it. I need to learn new skills. I need to add the skill of pre-foreclosures to my toolbox. What does that mean? That means I'm going to take the material that Ty just created and consume it endlessly. I'm going to, the, the beauty about real estate investing is you can see what's coming and you can learn early. The bonus section that we just added to the course at no additional charge is something I want. I'm going to learn pre-foreclosures, not because I'm going to use it today, but I know I will use it tomorrow. I believe pre-foreclosures and short sales will be the tool of choice in 2023. So I'm going to learn it now. I'm going to use um, PropStream, which again, is some it's a company I'm trying to get back on my channel because they gave you and I a free trial. I, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fish in pre-foreclosures. Short sales, a little different, right? I bought a couple of short sales. They took forever. But I'm going to I'm definitely going to fish in pre-foreclosures. I think it's early, but I'm going to learn the skill when it's early. You don't learn a real estate investing skill when the market's falling apart. You learn it early, early. So yes, um, I'm going to learn it. I think it's I think it's a skill that I need. I think it's a skill lots of people can have, and it will be a skill that makes me lots and lots of money. Lumberjack with the New content. Thank you for the videos. I saw that you sent them over. I will load them later today. How do you discuss the 50-40-10 deal with agents who have listings on the MLS? I get them on the phone. If you're lucky enough to get in person, I would do it in person. Um, first of all, you need to know if the seller can even say yes. So that's question one, Theo. Do, you know How much equity does the seller have? Because if the seller only has 10% equity, don't even bother. So the first thing you need to do is you need to talk to the agent about the seller's equity. If you happen to have PropStream, you can get an estimate of what their equity might be. It's not always right, but it's pretty close. And then you need to tell them why. 
you need, it's in my course, right? The seller financing section with Bob Langworthy talking about uh, installment loans, delaying capital gains, income instead in less headaches. Uh, I would do two offers, a cash number and a terms offer. Dion and I talked about this three or four weeks ago, right? Offer at one, one cash, one, three terms. You just have to have a, you just have to take, you have to take 10 or 15 minutes with an agent. Some agents think seller financing is illegal. It is clearly not. Seller financing was basically how deals got done 1979 to 82 because rates were 20% or whatever the hell they were. So yeah, you've got to take the time. You, you have to be comfortable with the story because agents, if agents sense any hesitation in you, uh, they will relay that to the seller. So the first thing again is to figure out, can the seller say yes? And if so, you need to educate the agent. It takes time. It takes time. That's why you need to work with real estate agents that know investors. Uh, I, I don't know what the number is, but I would guess 80% of real estate agents are open house types. I want to, I'm going to deal with the 20% that speak investor, probably are investors. Claude, good morning from Charlotte. Love you and your guests. Never stop learning. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I've been doing it 22 years and I got all kinds of stuff to learn. A la pre-foreclosures. When do you see the bottom of this crash? Uh, Chris, I did a video this morning with the math. Uh, the data is in the 50-year spreadsheet. Uh, according to that spreadsheet, it will be probably about four years. Peak to trough. Yeah, we're in the, the housing market's broken. The housing market, it could be four or five or six years. It's not going to be a moment. It won't be a year. The worst year on record for crash, where's my numbers? I actually have the numbers right here. The worst year in the 1979-82 crash was 24%. Total peak to trough was 42%. Uh, the worst crash uh, in the 05 to 2010 was 2008 at 48%. Oh, but the total crash was 75%. That was on uh, new home sales. So years, Chris, years. Are you believing in pricing crash now? No, I'm trying to be very, very clear. I am not calling a national housing crash in prices in 2022. I, I am calling for a transaction crash, and it is the transaction crash that makes it an opportunity for all of us. There will undoubtedly be some markets that have a correction in price, like Boise, which I've talked about for six months. It is set up to have an adjustment in price. Nationally speaking, the median house price won't change. What I just said should mean absolutely zero to you. You need to learn your buy box, your area, your inventory, your days on market. When I talk about national housing price, 500 economists care. And they only care because they look backwards. I believe the housing market is so broken that the structural inventory of what sells means the meeting house price nationally will go up and it will shock everyone. It doesn't mean squat to you. None of you buy the median home nationally. It doesn't exist. It's a fictitious number. Do the work in your buy box. Your buy box might go down. I have no idea. My buy box probably won't. No inventory still, but I will find motivated sellers and I will get a great deal. I do not need my market to fall 75% to get a great deal. 
I need to write lots of offers. I need to find motivated sellers. I need to do three deals at a discount. My market doesn't need to fall 75%. No, I do not believe that the median house price in 2022 will go down. I don't. I do not believe it. And the fact that I don't believe it should mean nothing to you because you should not care. You have a buy box. Look at your buy box. Stop looking at Case Shiller median home price being up 20%. It doesn't matter. The fact that transactions may fall 50% should be exciting. That's where the opportunity is. Buyers are disappearing. Some sellers still have to sell. Go talk to them. Go get your great deal. Go overpay and get terms. Be a better investor. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Chester. Durable goods is in the same boat. I bought a $24 stove for 20% off Memorial Day offer. Glad I waited about six months from last December. I should have waited more. The same stove is 33% off. Folks, we should have moved Christmas to June or July. I said it before and I was proven right. Do you think prices for move-up homes will dip since buyers are less likely to move and first-time home buyers are less likely to be able to afford them? Ryan, I think that is actually where the most pain will occur. Yes. Uh, what you've just said there, though, just for the people watching, are homes above the median. That's why I think you can have price drops and the median home price still goes up because we're not selling the low end, we're selling the high end or the medium end. So, yeah, I actually think that's where the most pain is going to be. I think the move up buyer is very broken and some people need to sell death, divorce, job transfer, whatever. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good place uh, to fish if you can. Yep. Hi. Uh, I wouldn't even take the four days. I have no idea what that means. Do you think the Fed will choose hyperinflation or government default on debt past rate increases are costing Gov extra $100 billion a year and interest Fed can't raise rates without default? I don't believe that statement is true at all. I, don't, I, I believe everybody doing that math doesn't understand math. I think, so A, hyperinflation, again, defined so people don't get squirrely, is 50% a month. We are nowhere close to hyperinflation. I'm sensitive to that word as somebody who studied economics. Turkey at 78% has hyperinflation. The United States at 8% does not have hyperinflation. So let's take that word off the table. It's not happening. Second, all this talk about the Fed can't raise rates because government debt, 100 billion of this, blah, blah, blah. That is noise. The, all the debt doesn't get reset just because rates went up. They're recycling different rates. So one one hundredth of it may, may go up. One two one hundredths of it may go up. The Fed has got to break inflation. I think they're going to take rates up to 4%. Fed funds rate next year. That's what I've called. I think it gets to 3% this year. I think the Fed's going to pay a lot of interest. It's going to break the back of inflation. It is going to cause a recession. We will have a year of high rates and then they will adjust. We're not going to go broke. The national, none of that is true. All of that is conspiracy theory to get clicks. Uh, the great reset nonsense. I don't believe any of that personally. Could it happen? Who knows? Certainly not likely. So no, I don't believe in any of that. I'm not, I'm out here doing deals, trying to take care of my family. I don't care what the cost of capital is. I will just do better deals. 
So yeah, that's what I think. Philip, a fixed rate HELOC on your rental property is a great way to tap into cash for the next property and you don't lose your not nice existing income producing property with super low rates. Sounds like a comment. Sounds like, yeah. Be careful though. Don't create alligators. Can you explain what a typical move up home looks like? Yeah, I think entry level, right? Entry level home, three bedrooms, two bath, 1,400 square feet, move up, fourth bedroom plus a den, 24, 2,500 square feet. Every, every market is different. Go learn your market. You should know your market. I think there are three markets, entry level, move up, luxury. Go learn them. I don't know your market at all, but generally it's an extra bedroom and another 700 square feet, maybe a third car garage. Uh, if you're not embarrassed by your first offer, then you are offering too much Carlton Sheets. Man, Carlton Sheets. I, I remember I was a teenager watching that stuff. It was awesome. I love, love that guy. Uh, rest in peace. I guess he passed in 2020. Um, creative financing. It's been around for 40 years, since the 80s. Carlton Sheets, Robert Allen, and others. It's coming back. Same thing. Fed jacked up rates. Yep. Uh, Court, I appreciate your insights. You do a lot of good work for a lot of people. Thank you. I try. I'm, I do the best I can. And also, the other thing about this channel is it's not just me. If you haven't realized, there's eight, nine, ten other millionaires that talk to you every week. One rental at a time is a community of experts. Uh, I talk to experts Sunday through Friday. The only day I don't is Saturday because I talk to you. So yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a channel of, of it's a channel of millionaires looking to help you build wealth. So pretty cool to be a part of. <clears throat> Thinking of your live video this morning before the financial news, we agreed the Fed broke housing. How much does that prevent from comparing this crash to the previous two? How might they be different? Uh, Nathan, I, um, I actually think what we're about to go through is very similar to 79 to 82. I think the Fed broke housing the same way. Obviously, I don't know that for sure, as I was not looking at my market then. But all my research points to 79 to 82 being most like what's happening today. I think, I think anytime you take the funds rate to 18% or whatever it was, you break housing. The 05 to 2010 crash was a debt crisis with bad toxic 2 and 28 adjustable rate mortgages made up 50% of the market. Not similar at all. I think this crash is very similar to 79 to 82. That's what I think. Joel hit the like button because the lumberjack told him to. Thank you very much. 177 watching, 66 likes. Come on, folks. What's the deal? Mr. Kilroy, sorry for freaking out. I just cannot accept the bloodbath that's coming. <coughs> I will stay positive and turn the horror show that's coming uh, to my advantage. Yeah. Again, this is not going to be like the 05 to 2010 crash. This is going to be like the 79 to 82. Transactions fall out of bed. 50% peak to trough, not unheard of. Go get your great deals. In large multifamily is in a bubble like single family in 08. Do you think it will take large multifamily a long time to fall and correct 28 to 2012? Uh, it's all about the debt structure. And just like 08 to 2012, once it blows up, it's going to be up to the banks. Banks could extend and pretend, which means they won't take the property back. Or 
they could get aggressive and change the operator. I've seen both. I think it's fair to say, Sean, that it will be a journey. I don't think anything in real estate happens quickly. I think I think uh, I think a multifamily crash starting in 2023 probably runs to 2026. So probably three years, probably. Do you see future eviction moratoriums? I do not. They are unconstitutional. Uh, I have no idea how L.A. County still has one. I'm shocked that the Apartment Association is not suing their ass off. But no, I do not see a national eviction moratorium because the Supreme Court said it is unconstitutional. So no, I do not see that. Uh, as I as is how to get started. Yep, one rental at a time. Yep, that is the course. It is awesome. It is stupidly priced at three hundred and twenty bucks. Crazy. How do you feel about prices moving forward? I don't. I don't care. I think. I think in general, and I've said it many times, I think nationally speaking, prices will be flat for five to 10 years. I think I think markets going up nationally 20% a year are unhealthy, unhealthy, unhealthy. Uh, I think we will be relatively flat. Certainly median home price will be relatively flat. It will be indexed to inflation. It'll be plus or minus 1% of inflation. We have seen the crazy run-up. It was all interest rate based. It is done. It is, we are not going to see, if you are betting on appreciation today, you are somewhere between silly and stupid, somewhere between that. I think prices are flat. I do not see prices going up. Again, these are national statements. Your buy box, your area could be very, very different. FYI, agents are financially illiterate. Well, most, sure. They refuse to discuss seller situation or set up meeting with seller they don't want to lose control and lose commission. Uh, again, I will say most, not all. I don't like blanket statements. So most, many, sure, absolutely. Good morning, Mike. Or yeah, Mike. Good morning. Thank you, buddy. Looking healthy. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta start running again. I gotta lose some weight. Uh, Adrian, you're the goat. Oh, I'm the goat. Thank you. Uh, no, I might be on the All Star team, but I'm not the goat. And that's okay. If you smash the like button, an angel gets his wings. Oh, 203 watching, 81 thumbs up. I like that one. Angel gets its wings. Johnny, I, I'm trying six websites with SEO, each one for certain problem like foreclosure taxes and my market organically helps my site. get Cool. I have no idea what any of that means, but I'm glad you're doing it. I don't understand technology. I don't use it. I... Yeah, I don't know. Lots of people do, though. And you would think I live in the Valley. I would figure it out, but never was my thing. If a new home sales drop, will the big fund can convince the builder or developers to sell in bulk? That means leaving us future home buyers with no opportunity and we become renter nation. Um, I think home builders are for-profit organizations that are built to make a profit for them or their shareholders, and they will do what's best for them. Home builders are not some quasi-government organization that's supposed to do this or that. That's not how the system works. I think a home builder who is trying to sell a community can't sell it, who 
has 200 homes left, has every right to call up Wall Street and go, hey, I'll sell you all 200 at a 10% discount. That is clearly their right to do. I don't begrudge them. So I'm, uh, I know I'm not really sure what that all means. Could you define what would be good terms and elaborate how to do it in this market? Uh, good terms to me would be interest rate three or three percent or below, ten-year uh, balloon, if not thirty-year fully am, and uh, lots of that's discussed in my course. But basically, basically today it is getting. If I can get, I gave you a 50, 40, 10. I've talked about it a lot of times. I'm going to get a 50, 40, 10 done in the next year or so. And my blended interest rate is going to be below 4%. I'm going to pay six and a quarter on the 50. I'm going to pay 1% on the 40. So my blended interest rate will be sub 4%. And I will overpay for the property all day long. I'll pay an extra 50 grand. It won't matter because I only care about payment. And again, I want a 10-year balloon on that 40%. If you want more, it's in the course. Mr. Riba, I'm at five rentals scattered across Los Angeles, San Antonio, and Cape Coral. Ooh, hate the corporate grind. Saving 50% of income. Read your book. Okay, cool. Uh, what else should you do? Be like me? Um, uh, the only thing I can't see that's in there that was really my saving grace uh, Mr. Ribeye, as I recycled capital. Uh, this is a conversation Dion and I and Matt had six months ago. It, it's really a clear, a clear delineation. Dion has done amazing things using uh, the cheat code to wealth, house hacking, and snow, uh, income snowball. The fact that he's gotten to 16 cash flowing units without recycling capital should be encouraging to every single person on the planet. The fact that Matt and I kind of took money out and built something bigger with a lot more debt, those are choices. You don't have to do it. I think recycling capital is powerful. I wouldn't be here today without it, but you don't have to do it. I don't know what your monthly nut is. I think more people should do what Dion did. Just get in the grind, 10 years to make work optional, never take more debt on. I think the fact that he has a house paid free and clear and he didn't refi six months ago is a mistake, but... It's a small mistake. Um, so I don't know what your debt picture looks like, uh, Mr. Ribeye. But, I, you know, it's not about being me. It's about being the best version of yourself. I think you're doing great. I don't know what your cash flow situation is, but you're saving 50%. You're probably heading in the right direction. So you also don't say how long you've been doing this. I don't know how, I don't know how long it took you to get five rentals, but I would tell you run your own race. Dion shows us that you can get, you can get, you can make work optional in 10 years just by doing what you're doing. So I want to applaud and congratulate you. I want to tell you you're awesome. Keep it up. Yeah. It's not about being mean because it's not for everyone. Not everybody would want to see their debt quadruple, right? Some people hate debt. I don't, but some people do. It's okay. Yeah. Johnny, I've been studying creative financing for two years, haven't implemented it yet, but looking forward to getting a chance to use it. Yeah, Johnny, um, creative financing, the last two years, nearly impossible for the average person. If you are Ryan Nickel, Ty, or Pace Morby, you have enough deal flow where you can make creative financing work. But let's be clear, you and I are not Pace, 
not Ryan and not Ty. Those guys have hundreds of deals come across their desk every week. You and I got two or three. Creative financing was basically a intellectual playground for two years. However, it is no longer a playground. It is going to become the main event for the next two years. So good news is don't get discouraged. Keep going. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I look forward to using it. Can you take a look at my city and see anything interesting? Yonkers, New York? Nope. I will not do that. I am not somebody who sits in his mom basement, look at pretty charts and telling people uninformed decisions. I believe you have to look at your buy box for 90 days. And I can promise you, I am not looking at Yonkers, New York for 90 days. I can tell you how to do it and frankly gave away the 60 minutes how to do it. But no, I will not look at Yonkers, Dallas, Austin, Nashville, Detroit. Nope. And frankly, if you asked me to tell you about Fresno, I wouldn't tell you about Fresno either because that's your job to figure out. I am here to show you how. I am not here to give you my opinion. My opinion shouldn't matter about Yonkers, New York. I don't know your buy box. I don't know your, I don't know your financial wherewithal. No clue. And that's okay. I don't know it. That's totally cool. Do the work. I can tell you how. I've helped thousands of people now change their life. I can tell you the path to financial freedom, but you're going to have to walk it. I'm not doing it for you. Andrew, uh, thank you for the YouTube algorithm. Yes, comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Any plans for Dion Lumberjack to visit the Bay Area or at Get Together Beer? Uh, Dion challenged me six months ago. Uh, if we get to 50,000 subs, we will host a meetup. I don't know where I'm going to get that, um, whether it will be in Fresno. I got a buddy who has an event arena that we could use or in Vegas. If we get to 100,000 subs, or I should say when we get to 100,000 subs, we will certainly do a Vegas weekend. Um, I'm all about spending money and celebrating the wins. I've spent, I spend five or six grand a month on this channel. I'm sitting in an office that costs me two grand a month because it's easier for me to do it than in my kid's bedroom. So I'm, I'm okay spending money, uh, but it's got to be for a big thing. So Dion and I have a goal at 50,000 to host an event somewhere. So just like I dyed my hair purple when we got to 500 and we gave 14 grand away to charity, uh, we will do it at 50,000 and probably again at 100,000. Good stuff. Yep. Why don't you have over 100? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't uh, preach fear. I don't preach. Uh, I don't preach fear. I preach ownership, actions. Uh, not many people want that today. People want to be told to do nothing. And I'm telling people to do the work. So no idea. Uh, what would you recommend to 34-year-old self? I'm buying more rentals and trying to retire early. Any regrets, lessons already read your book? Um, so at 34 years, I think we had eight units, maybe nine. I think it was eight, seven, eight, something like that. Um, I was always just, I was just always about the next deal. I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad, the Purple Book. I, I knew what was possible. I wasn't worried about retirement. I planned to work until I was 50, because I loved my job and I was very good at it. Um, so yeah, the the job when I was 34 was just the next deal. Make sure the next deal is better than the last deal. That was my mindset. And it's both good and bad. 
A mindset like that always means you're looking ahead. You're always doing the work for the next one. But as I admitted in my book, my biggest mistake was not celebrating the journey. Mr. Ribeye, I think you told me earlier you got five units. You should celebrate that. I mean, my biggest mistake is I do not have, I do not have pictures of myself in front of my eight homes that started this journey. Sure, I could do it now, but I want a picture of 31-year-old Michael, 33-year-old Michael, 30, you know, whatever. Stupid, stupid. Celebrate the journey. That was a huge mistake. So celebrate the journey would be my feedback. We bought and sold two homes in 7982s. Mike writes, this is more like 7982. Yep, I agree. 50% drop sounds fabulous. Do you think lending will do if investment numbers, what do you think credit will stand? Uh, I hope people hear me. I keep telling you that there's two markets. There's a housing market and the lending market. All these idiots talking about a crash don't realize that the lending market could turn off. That's why I bring you two non-QM lenders every week. That's why I did deals with uh, Velocity Mortgage to get 30-year money on my apartments. I think traditional finance, it hasn't happened yet, but what if Fannie and Freddie go, no more 10 loans, you can only get four? That would shock the hell out of most of you. I'd be like, no problem. Know what to do next. Go get me some non-QM money. That's what I'd be doing. So yes, I think banks will flip out. Yes. The dude, uh, the best info. Thank you. I appreciate that. The first comment was PropStream is worth its weight in gold. Not sure what happened to it. Oh yeah, PropStream. Again, I have a playlist. I think it's called Big Data. PropStream gave a free trial to one rental at a time fans. You should go click on that link, get your seven days free. And I think they let you get a list of 50 people or something. If you're in my course or one of my followers and you're not using that link, you're making a mistake, making a mistake. Oh, followed by the one rental at a time course. That's very sweet. Uh, yeah, hard money. I mean, I think all lending has gone up. Uh, all non-QM used to be sub four. Now it's six and a half, seven. Uh, wouldn't shock me if it goes to eight. Again, I don't care about the cost of money. I really don't. Cost of money is one cell on my spreadsheet surrounded by lots of other cells. My cost of money goes up. I just have to buy a better deal. It's very simple. Yep. Oatmeal and fresh fruit. I like it. Real estate crash, 26% in the Great Depression, 30% in 08. If it drops 75%, then real estate prices will be the least of our worries. Uh, yep. I guess all that's factually true. Again, I'm not talking about a 75% crash in prices, although my market did crash 75%. I'm talking about a potentially 50% crash in transactions, which is a very different outcome. Uh, Dividend Dave. Hello from Washington. Thank you. You're very welcome. You should let your gray grow in. Good look. Okay. I don't dye my hair, except when I dye it purple, which I did for you guys because we did 500 deals. Uh, BlackRock sold a whole community, 87 Lewis, Florida, without giving regular people a chance to buy one. Okay, who cares? I don't think they sold it. I think BlackRock bought it. But it doesn't matter. They owned it. Last time free property rights or property rights. Are we gonna change capitalism now? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Should do they I mean I don't know what I don't know what to make of that statement. 
30-year mortgage loan was invented as a response to great, yeah, which, yep. Yeah, if you guys don't know yet, the Great Depression, this 30-year mortgage or even a 15-year mortgage or 40-year mortgage is a relatively new concept. One of the reasons the Great Depression blew up was because of housing. They had they had one, three, or five-year terms, full balloon. Yeah, that's what caused the problem. Much a la 2008. It was all debt-based. It was crazy. Uh, your channel is good for daily. Da, da, da. Small properties, but hold. No panic. Yeah, not panicking. Should you recycle capital? I'm scared of being over leveraged. I don't know your numbers. It was definitely a clear part of my journey. Um, run the numbers, do the math. You don't have to. Again, Dion from Dion Talk has proven us over and over again that you do not have to recycle capital. If you can, let's say this very clearly. If you could be financially free with 10 homes, that's awesome. There is, let me be even clearer. There is absolutely no need to recycle capital. But people keep asking me, how'd you do it? I chose to recycle capital. I mean, you can't have it both ways. If you are not going to recycle capital, your chances of having a portfolio over 100 units are very low. But you don't need 100 units. This people that talk about bigger is better are dumb. Bigger is better is not true. Bigger is better is more chances for stuff to happen. You don't have to recycle capital. In fact, I think what Dion did, slow and steady wins the race, is the right answer for most people. I think I just think it is. It's the most. It's the most for right for most people. <clears throat> uh, you're doing just fine. You're 35. You started at 28 earlier than me. You, you could be done by 40. Give give yourself a break. Give but slow down. Give yourself a break. Enjoy the journey. Take some pictures. Make some memories. How are you attacking pre-foreclosures now to find motivated sellers? Please describe these candidates that might land you a deal. Larry, I'm I'm learning just like you. I think pre-foreclosures are coming. They're not here today. I'm learning the skill today, not tomorrow. Uh, I have yet to speak with pre-foreclosures. The content has been added in 48 hours. It's brand new. Um, I expect people in the future who have lost a job to be months behind on their payment and they need to move, but they have no equity. I want their mortgage. That's essentially what's going to go on. So more to come. I haven't done it yet. Like you, I'm learning something new. Debt is amoral. The use of debt is what makes it good or bad. This is uh, where financial discipline reaps huge benefits. Yeah. I will not look at Yonkers. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not I'm not going to beg for a $5, what do they call them, super chat. I can't believe somebody did that. Hundreds of thousands of users, he's begging you guys for super chats. That's, God, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, not doing it. Yep, teaching you how to fish. Uh, oops, thoughts on grabbing capital now as much as you can before the cost and new liquidity. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, if you're watching my channel six months ago, it's, I was screaming from the top of the hills. Um, I was um, I was telling Dion he should do that as well. So, um, yeah, I think that is crazy. And, oh, by the way, I just saw somebody give me a $9 super chat. Thank you very much. I didn't know that was a thing. How do I see that? You don't have to do that. You don't. Please don't. It's okay. I turned it on so Amazon would make my channel do more things. But let's see, does the super chat have a question with it? I want to be respectful. 
I don't know how this works. Oh, here we go. Dawn, curious on your thoughts on QT. Do you have any idea what might happen when 50 billion per month starts coming off the Fed balance sheet? Won't that gave banks trillions that they need to lend could be huge. Yeah, so um, quantitative tightening is something I've talked about the last 48 hours. I've gone back and looked at 2018. The first thing I can tell you, Don, that I'm fairly certain of is something is going to break. The second thing I'm certain of is we're not sure where it is going to be. Last time it was the money market uh, area that uh, broke and the overnight lending dried up. Liquidity is being sucked out. The largest buyer, the buyers become the largest seller. I am nervous. I think we are likely six or nine months away from something breaking. Um, I think it breaks into a recession, which is really scary to think about because that's still my, I still believe a, a recession is next year. So I can say this quantitative tightening has me really, really nervous. I actually think banks, um, I just think banks are going to get more conservative. I, I just, we tried to tighten, I think we successfully tightened like half a billion dollars or half a trillion dollars last time. Now our balance sheet is 8.2 trillion. We got to bring it down to like four. It's going to be multiple years. I don't know how something doesn't break. Yeah. And it's going to be bad. It'll be spectacular. It'll be some money market, some hedge fund, somebody will get caught on the wrong side of a commodity trade. We're going to see lots of uh, companies who are fueled by cocaine and Red Bull go broke. Lending, like, I think, I think what will happen is the cost of capital for mediocre companies is going to go through the roof. We're going to see a lot of companies that are zombies go to zero. That's the big thing that I think happens. Yeah, that's what I think happens. So hopefully that was, hopefully that helps. That, yeah, QT has me really nervous though. Uh, let's see. I got a couple more questions before I have to go to my students. There you go. Awesome. JT, what else we got? Oh, uh, would I dye my hair green if the Warriors win the finals? No, I'm not going to dye my hair again. I did that just because Dion goaded me into it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll answer this last one from Michael. Good morning. What are your thoughts on the federal government owning up to 40% of the first-time homeowner purchases? This is a program being talked about. Um, I don't think there's any magic number that makes me nervous or not. Uh, I actually think something you're going to see very soon is new homeowner programs that are very much pro home homeowner anti-investor. Uh, that's why if I was an investor today, I would at least be reaching out to all my non-QM lenders because you want a backup. Yeah. Last one from Jeffrey, Ultimate Bargains. I like it. At least I like the first line. Let's read it. Life is not a destination. It is a journey. Pause, smell the roses, and enjoy the scenic route of life. Never be careless with other people's affections for you because they are why you are here. Very, very cool. Is non-QM available for house hack? Um, I'm certain some are. Uh, you can house hack a commercial property like Stephen Dow. 
He doesn't house hack residential because that's owner Ock. But if you want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and house hack a sixplex, um, uh, Stephen Dow can help you. So I would tell you, Andrew, step up. Don't buy a four unit. Go buy a six, eight, or ten. Let's house hack with some steroids, huh? All right, everybody. It's nine o'clock. I'm gonna go talk to my students. Two hundred and nine watching. One hundred and twelve thumbs up. Give me some thumbs up. Take care. And uh, thanks for that uh, super chat. That was fun. Bye.